And of the promise verse for this year is, you are my sheep. You are my sheep. Found in John chapter 10 and verses 27 to 28. We have seen that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You know, once we become sheep of Jesus, you know, we have that eternal security. It's an insurance without an expiry date. And we are so safe in Jesus' hand. Because Jesus Christ is the only shepherd who has never lost even one sheep. He has never lost even one sheep. Hallelujah. You know, when we read the Bible, you know, Jacob, he lost some sheep. And when we read about David, David also lost some sheep, you know, because of lion and bear. But Jesus is the only sheep who shall never lose any of his sheep. That's the security we have in Jesus. What a great promise it is. You know, because, you know, Jesus says you are so secure. Jesus has already given us four promises. He says, I know them. I know them. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. No force on earth can snatch the sheep of Jesus from his hand. That's the security we have once we become the sheep of Jesus. But these four promises are only for my sheep. It's important for us to understand. These four promises are not for every sheep. These four promises are only for my sheep. Which means all the people who just call Jesus, 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 we don't know. They may not be his sheep. All do not belong to his flock. Yeah, it's quite troubling to hear these statements, but Jesus is the one who told very plainly in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, Jesus said clearly, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me. You know, this, this shows that when Jesus says, my sheep. You know, there is some speciality of possession. We need to understand this. You know, there may be many sheep. There may be many sheep. But the Lord Jesus speaks about my sheep. 
毎日。His sheep were chosen before the creation of the world. His sheep were given to Jesus by the Father. His sheep were bought with the blood of Jesus. His sheep, you know, have been sanctified by the power of Jesus. And the Lord Jesus has ransomed his sheep from the hand of the enemy. He has bought his sheep. You know, he has bought, how do we ransom? You know, if we have pledged something, how do we get it back? We go and we pay all the money that is due and then we get the things back. And that is the way Jesus has ransomed his sheep from the hand of the enemy. There was a personal transaction. For every sheep he redeems, there is a personal transaction. Amen. And those are his sheep. And Jesus says, I know my sheep. I know my sheep. How does he know his sheep? You know, the shepherd, he used to mark his sheep so that he can identify them and he can also claim ownership. That's the reason the shepherd will always put a mark on his sheep. Jesus says, my sheep too have been marked. I have marked my sheep. And he says, there are two distinct marks which will distinguish between my sheep and other sheep. So what are those marks? He says, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. The second mark is my sheep follows me. These are the two marks. Any sheep which carries these two marks are Jesus' sheep and they are eternally secure. Hallelujah. Just not too many marks, just two marks. My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep follow me. Now, sometimes we may wonder whether the sheep truly listen to the shepherd's voice. This is a true video. Okay, let's watch that video.
What's known as my sheep, listen to my voice, not to somebody else's voice, but to my voice. Let's focus our attention on this two months. My sheep, listen to my voice. That's what John 10 27 says. My sheep, listen to my voice. You know, sometimes we may know the ABC of salvation. You know, we may know all the requirements, how to be saved. We may know all that. But we will not understand our own condition. When we don't understand our own condition, Jesus Christ is not precious. You know, I know how to be, you know, calm, say the sinner's prayer, all that. But till we understand our real condition, he lifted me up from the mighty clay. Unless I understand how sinful and how wretched I was, unless I have that realization in me, unless I come to know how unholy I was, and unless I realize, you know, I cannot save myself. I need a savior. Until I come to that place, Jesus is not precious to me. He's dead. I know all that Jesus has done. He came, died on the cross, shed his blood. Third day he rose again. I know those facts. But it is unless I understand my, my depravity, my utter depravity. You know, my heart cries out, I need a savior. I need a savior. And it is at that time you know, Christ becomes precious in our heart. And here, Jesus Christ is basically is telling about that. You know, he's not even talking about himself. Rather, he's saying what they are supposed to be. What they are supposed to be. He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, why is it important to listen to the shepherd's voice? Why is it important? Uh, every new year on the first Sunday, uh, I get this question. You know, people come and ask me, uh, Pastor, why don't you give us a promise word to each one of us? In fact, they come. Uh, if you have been here on the 1st January, you have seen many not Christians, non Christians, they here in this church on 1st January. And they all came thinking that they will get a promise card. Okay? And including Christians, I've, I've heard from Christians, pastoring back, back in my church, in my home church, you know, they just pass a basket filled with promised verses and uh, we have to only pick one. Now tell me, 
what is the difference between I picking one card and the parrot, you, you see the astrologer, and the parrot picking a card. What is the difference between that? We, we, you know, this is nice. It, it may sound nice. You know, everything that sounds nice is not right. We have to be very careful about it. You know, sometimes even a word for word quotation from the Bible, even a word for word quotation from the Bible can be a message from Satan. That's the reason we don't recommend. You know, if you if, if you listen to Pastor Craig, he will be so angry with that. Just passing on one verse uh, because it's it's not right. Because Satan can take and quote the verse. You know, if you doubt about that, uh, just let's look at this example uh, in Matthew four six. If you are the Son of God. He said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan is basically quoting Psalm 91, 11 and 12. And we know what Jesus said. You know, we can take one verse out of context, and we can use it, against the very purpose of God. That is the reason it is important for us to listen to the shepherd's voice. Just taking one verse and you know, blowing it out of proportion is not right. We need to listen to the shepherd's voice. Knowing Bible very well, it's a good thing to know the Bible, but it does not mean that I have a good personal walk with God. And I know Bible by heart, but it doesn't mean my personal, it doesn't, it doesn't equate automatically to the personal walk with God. The promises that we receive, why are we expounding the promise verse every year? We expound, we take time, we meditate on it. We, why do we do that? Because the promise of God have to be applied to us as individuals. It has to be applied. And unless we apply the word of God in our personal circumstances, it's of no use. You can have a good verse from the Bible and you can know it by heart and if it is not part of your life, it is just word. It is just like as you have read geography, history, whatever you have read. It just remains as words. They are not life-giving words. Our God is a speaking God. Remember that. Our God is a speaking God. And God created everything through his Word. Amen? God created everything. You know, you never see God lifting his hand. He spoke and it happened. So God created everything. 
through his word. So this certainly, right from you know, Genesis 1, this certainly means that we cannot expect God's power in our lives apart from listening and embracing his word. We have to listen and we have to make it as part of our life. You know, just we memorize the truth, it's not enough. It has to be applied and it has to be implanted in our hearts. Implanted. It has to be implanted in our hearts. Then only that will bring God's power into our life. If we want to experience God's power into our life, the word has the power. But if it just remains in our head, it, it doesn't remain. You know, there's no power in it. It has to come into our heart. We have to make it as part of our being and experience the power of God. And then we'll be able to say, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any, double-edged. It has to cut us. It has to cut it is not there only to comfort. Because sometimes it has to cut. It has to pierce through our very being. And then only we understand there is power in the word of God. That's why it is important that we should learn to listen to the shepherd's voice. Now, how do we recognize the shepherd's voice? You know, when a word or thought comes to us, uh, maybe when I speak to you or somebody else speaks to me or maybe I have an impression in my heart. I feel God speaking to me. You know, maybe I have an inner voice. Maybe I read the Bible. How do I know that this is a word for me? How do I know that? How do we know that when I hear something, you know, Pastor Prem is talking to me, he's telling something, how do I know it has got a divine source? How do I know? There's a word for me. How do I know there is a divine authority behind those words? Can God speak to us through others? Of course God can speak through others. Of course God can speak to us through circumstances. But how do we know it is God speaking? How do we know there is a divine source behind this? You know, if it is very plain, you know, do not be greedy. You know, you don't have to sit and think. It's very plain. Do not worship an idol. It's very plain. It's in the Bible. It's very plain text. Now, which course you should take? What you should pursue in your life. Now, what job you should take. You have two, three offers. Now, what job? Because they pay you more, you should take. What job? Who should, whom should you marry? Does the Bible say? You know, so and so, blue shirt people, because sometimes they say blue shirt, I pray, then blue shirt, pray, then after that, three months they say we are having a problem. Okay, now how do we discern? God's voice. 
Because these things are not there in the Bible. You know, if, if, if everything is in the Bible very clearly, I don't have to tell you all this. What to do, you know, how to do things. How do we, we need God at every step. Even, for example, to which doctor we should go. God has to guide us. God has to take us. And God leads us. And all this we learn by experience. If you want to listen to God's voice, you need to have that experience. It is very important. That's the reason Jesus says, listen to my voice, I know them. You know, it's, it's a remarkable fact that the sheep could recognize the shepherd's voice. Did you, we all saw that. I'm sure on the very first day, the sheep wouldn't have recognized the shepherd's voice. So over a period of time, they, they were tuned to the shepherd's voice. See, they didn't respond when other people, they called the sheep. They didn't respond at all. They didn't even care. But the moment it was the shepherd, then they started paying attention. Over a period of time, they learned to listen to the shepherd's voice. Why do you feel why do you feel so strange? How do you know this is a red color? How do you you keep telling your children this is red, this is red, this is red? Don't you teach your children? Is it not? How do they know it's red color? You keep telling them this is red, this is blue, this is green. Now you keep telling them the next day, what color is this? They'll say red, blue. They'll say no, 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 this is not blue, this is red. Now after some time, the child says this is red color, this is blue color, this is green color. How did the child learn? How did the child learn? By experience, by experience. This is the way we can also learn to listen to the shepherd's voice by experience. It is not a mystery. It is not a mystery that you know, only few people can listen to the shepherd's voice. If you are a shepherd, a sheep, you can listen because Jesus said, I know my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. So, this is not a you know, secret knowledge that I'm giving you. If we are God's sheep, if we are Jesus' sheep, we can listen to his sheep. How do we do that? It's by experience. And this is the truth that was echoed by prophet Isaiah also. Isaiah, in a writing in chapter 1, in verse 3, he says, the ox knows its master. The donkey, its owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Israel, Israelites, God's people did not know God. We can be Christians for born in a Christian family. We can be coming to church. But we may not be familiar with God's voice. 
because we don't take time to listen to God's voice. We need to listen. We need to practice. And unless we do that, we will not be able to listen to the shepherd's voice. And once we learn to recognize, once we learn to listen to the shepherd's voice, and once we learn to recognize his voice, because there are many voices. So once we learn to recognize his voice, then we can confidently interact with that. Hallelujah. Confidently we can say, God told me this. Not in the first time. As you learn repeatedly as you learn, I know God is telling me something. I know God is speaking to me. That is the privilege the sheep of Jesus has. Don't you want that? Don't you want that privilege of listening to the shepherd's voice? Now remember, the shepherd's voice will never tell us, you know, to engage in any activity or relationship that is inconsistent with the Holy Scriptures. Young people, you know, their desires are so strong and they come and tell you, God told me. It is not God telling them. Okay? God, the shepherd's voice will never tell us to engage in any activity or relationship that is inconsistent with the Holy Scripture. And any voice that promises total exemption from suffering, okay, or failure, it is not from God. Okay, when people, that's what we call as you know, prosperity gospel. Any voice, any, anybody who says, you will never suffer, you will never have problems, everything you do will succeed. That is not God's voice. We, we need to be very careful when we are listening to God's word. You know, so, so, I know some of you might be thinking, you know, say in Psalm 1 3, it says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. Whatever He does prospers. Whatever He does prospers does not mean He will always be successful. We'll come to that time sometime. It does not mean you'll be always successful. Remember that. Children of God will face failures. There will be you know, health setback. There will be financial problems. There will be brokenness. We, we need to be careful when we, you know, when people say, God is with you, everything will be, you know, nothing, you will never fail. You will always be first in the class. In the class, only one boy can be first. All cannot be first. Don't, don't misquote the Bible verses. We need to be very careful. I can do all things through him. You cannot do all things. You need to be very careful when you apply the Bible verses. You can do all that God has called you to do. That's why it's important we find the purpose of our life from God. And then he equip, 
equips us, he empowers us, he strengthens us to accomplish that. Not what I want. You know, we need to be very careful about it. So we must be alert. You know, it's it's nice if you come and if I say, oh, you come to God, you'll have no problem, no difficulty. You also love to hear that. And people run to those messages. But that's not what the Bible says. You know, Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have trouble. And these people who preach that in this world you will not have trouble, they are bigger than Jesus. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. Fear not, I have overcome. Why do we run to people who say, come, come here, come here. I will heal every, I'll heal every sickness of yours. Is it true? It's not true. It's not true. We should be careful to listen to the shepherd's voice. But the good news is, most of the time, the shepherd speaks to us through the written word of God. Most of the time. The shepherd speaks to us through the written word of God. Frederick Meyer writes, the written word is the wire along which the voice of God will certainly come to you if the heart is silent and the attention fixed. You know, this is an young generation. Uh, maybe in the 80s, 90s, if you know the telephone, those of us in the army, we know we had a box telephone. And, you know, if the wire is cut, no communication. There has to be a wire. Then only you can speak. Without wire, there's no communication. Now, since you all have mobile phone, you don't even know what telephone is all about. So basically he says the written word is the wire, you know, along which the voice of God will certainly come to you if the heart is silent. In other words, if the heart is ready. Today, if you listen to his word, do not harden your hearts. If the heart is soft, if the heart is ready to receive the word of God, and if our attention is fixed, God will speak to us when we read the scriptures. If it is so, then why do we struggle to listen to the shepherd's voice? Why do we struggle to listen to the shepherd's voice? Have you ever wondered if God speaks to us when I do the scripture reading, then why do I struggle to listen to the shepherd's voice? Have you ever thought about it? It is because of our education system. Basically because of our education system. Reading the Bible is not the same as listening to God. Reading the Bible is not the same as listening to God. Yeah, too often we assume that reading and listening are the same. But they are not the same. They are, they are not the same because they involve two different senses. When you read, you read with your eyes. When you listen, you listen with your ears. So just because you are reading, it doesn't mean you are listening. Both senses are different. 
if you want to listen listening is always an interpersonal activity if there is no one to speak then there is you can't listen it's an interpersonal activity it's, it involves more than one person but reading is not an interpersonal activity you can read on your own but if you want to listen there has to be another person to speak then only you can listen now the listener is required to be attentive to the speaker have you heard the children say ma what did you say because they did not listen so the listener has to be attentive to the speaker and more or less we are at the speaker's mercy if the speaker just whispers you know i to, sometimes i have to tell my wife why don't you speak a little loudly because i can't hear so you are at the listener the speaker's mercy but if i am reading now the book is at the reader's mercy when i feel like i'll read if i don't feel like i'll throw it you know i'll open the page and i'll keep i can keep reading something everything is with me the book does not even know whether i'm paying attention to it or not i've seen your children reading and they are all the while they're pushing sometimes i know you all don't do it you know you read and then you know what am i read because all the while we were thinking you know so that is reading listening is not like that in in listening the speaker is in charge in reading the reader is in charge so if you want to listen you need to submit you need to be humble you need to prepare yourself to listen to the voice of god and too often we are not interested in listening to the voice of god it's nice to hear a sermon but practically we are not interested because we are in a hurry i have to read the bible i have read throw the book that is listening that is listening we 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 prefer reading to listening because listening is reading is less demanding emotionally reading is less demanding emotionally that's why the husbands read the newspaper rather than listen to the there are no emotions that's also a different subject okay all the wise are laughing because reading listening is it's a demanding exercise emotionally it is a demanding exercise so reading is less demanding that's the reason we prefer further it can be done at our own convenience if you want to listen 
you have to be at the mercy of the speaker. Not if you want to read, then I feel like I need it. So that's why we don't like listening. You know, why did I say it's because of our education system? And I'm not getting into what's wrong with our education system. Uh, but if you, re if you really do you know, study and find out you know, the very word school, it came from the Greek word, uh, the school, the word that we have, it came from the Greek word. And if you see why they started that, basically it's to give a lot of leisure for children or for adults and to establish interpersonal relationship learning by observation okay that's that's the way the school is supposed to be so now i'm not getting into that now what happens in our present school is there any personal relationship who cares you have been told you know you memorize all that all that the teacher has said you memorize you reproduce it you pass the exam all that I give, it straight goes into the brain, you write it, and you pass, and you don't even care what you have studied. That is the education system that we are following. And that's the way we read the Bible. We take everything to our head. And if you say, uh, you know, tell this Psalm 23, I'll be able to tell. What's the problem? I memorized it, I'll be able to say that. It does not mean I'm listening to the shepherd. I've just memorized it. It has not become, it has not been implanted in my heart. It has not become part of my being. And I'm not listening to the shepherd. I say, you know, he leads me beside still waters. How will he lead me beside still waters if I'm not even listening to him? He makes me lie down in green pasture. How will he do that? Unless we become a robot, he comes and orders and he does things. But we are human beings are not like that. He speaks and we obey. So, yes, by memorizing, he doesn't become a good shepherd. By listening to the shepherd, when we learn to listen to the Good Shepherd, then we can say, I lack nothing because I know my Good Shepherd. He makes me lie down in a great pasture. How does He make me lie down? He calls me. Like the shepherd was calling the sheep, He calls me. He takes me where there's water. He guides me in the right path because I'm listening to Him. Listening. That's why it's very, very important. When I'm listening, remember, I have a personal relationship with the shepherd. I can know Psalm 23 by heart. It doesn't mean that Jesus is my shepherd. Unless I, when I start listening, then I have that personal relationship with the shepherd. Then, I'll be able to tell, like in Isaiah chapter 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
we memorize this verse is good. It's good. But whether our ears are tuned to the voice of God. Because only when it is tuned to God, then we hear that voice which says, no, 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 you walk in this way, not in this way. Jesus says, I know my sheep. They listen to my voice, which is very, very important. Remember, all the scripture that we have, you know, in the written form, all this we have only from 15th century onwards, when the printing press was invented. You know, before that, there was no printing press. How did they hear the word of God? It was read. It was read aloud in a community and they listened to the word of God. See, in Revelation chapter 1, in verse 3, it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Because the time is Listen, listen to the word of God. You know, Jesus could have chosen to come in. 21st century, no, we have video, we have audio, we have all kinds of things. We have, you know, we could have recorded his message. You know, we can immediately, we could have distributed all written things. No, no, he came at the perfect time when there was no printing press. And he didn't give them written notes to the disciples. It come and take my written notes, follow one, two, three, four. He didn't do that. He spoke. He spoke. The only words our Lord wrote. Do you know that? On the sand he wrote. Those were the only written words. Rest of all, oral, spoken words. Spoken words. And the disciples were supposed to listen. If Jesus had to just, if he had thought the written words are so important, then he could have written all the instructions. Do like this. Don't do like this. Jesus was inviting disciples to have a personal relationship with him. To listen to his voice. Now, if it is so important, what happens when we listen to the shepherd's voice? What happens when we listen to the shepherd's voice? It's very important for us to know. I, I wish I can expound on this psalm, but for want of time, I'll just give you a brief idea. Let's go to Psalm chapter 6, 40, verse 6. Sacrifice an offering you did not desire. But my ears you opened, burnt offering and sin offerings you did not require. You know, this is a brilliant metaphor in this verse. But most of the English translations, you know, somehow they have not been able to translate the Hebrew word and they have chosen to write the word open. My ears you have opened. That is not the original Hebrew word. This is a brilliant metaphor. Now, the, the only English version which has that almost a 
correct translation is the expanded Bible and it says something like this. You do not want sacrifices and offerings, but you have made a hole in my heart. You did not, you do not want sacrifices and offerings, but you have made a hole in my heart. You know, basically what that Hebrew word says, you have pierced. Probably the earlier NIV translations will have pierced. Okay, you have pierced a hole in my ear so that I can hear better. You have pierced a hole. You know, you have dug a hole in my ear so that I can hear you better. That's the metaphor here. Now, what's happening here? People are in the temple. You know, a lot of religious activities are taking place. Sacrifice and offering. Burnt offerings and sin offerings. They are in the temple. You do all these offerings only in the temple. They are all in the temple. And they are doing all the rituals right. You know, how did they know the rituals? Because they read. Because they had the Torah. You know, the five books they had. So they read those instructions. And they were following all the instructions. And they were give, giving, you know, they were doing sacrifice, offerings, bird offerings, sin offerings. See the regulations, how we have to do? They were following to the point. To the top, they were following all the instructions they were following. And God says, no, 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 no. You know, you have missed the message. You are very religious. You are very ritual. You are doing everything right. But, but. You have missed altogether the message. I want you to listen to me. That's what God says. I want you to listen to me. You know, if we have a speaking God, and if we do not have a listening ear, what is the use of it? He said God speaks. God spoke and he created everything. Our God is a speaking God. He continues to speak. If we have a speaking God, and if we don't have a listening ear, what is the use of it? So, basically what God does, He says, let me drill a hole in the skull. That's what He says. You don't have a ear. So, I will, that's, the metaphor is basically that. I will drill a hole in the skull. You know, um, if you, if you read a science student, you will know even in the Neolithic ages, uh, they used to drill hole in the skull. Uh, I think probably they call it as trepanation or something. And there was a lot of mortality. People died because of that. And uh, the, I think till the 18th century, they were doing this and then they stopped because of high mortality rate. Uh, but now, now also they drill hole in the skull, uh, and now they have something known as a cranial drill, which they use to drill the skull. So God is basically telling them, you know, I should drill your skull, make a hole, and let that hole go deep inside. Let me have access to your to your mind and to your heart. That's what listening. And that's what's happening here. You know, you have 
pierced, opened my ears. You have pierced my ears. You have dug a hole in my skull, and that hole goes down to my heart and to my mind. The word of God, when you listen to the word of God, it affects both the mind and your heart. It affects all your senses. It affects your desires, your will. You know, it affects everything. And when we listen to the word of God, what happens? This is a wonderful chapter. I said, this is a wonderful metaphor. Am I listening to the word of God? You ask yourself, I, can, I should ask myself, do I have a home? First of all, is there a home? You know, for the word of God to go inside. And when the word of God goes inside, it will affect my, my thinking, my senses, my emotions, my feelings, my desires, my being. It affects every part. And when that happens, you know, you go to Psalm chapter 47 and 8. You know, in 46, 46 it says, you do not want sacrifices and offerings, but you have made a hole in my... The moment God drills a hole in our ears, and when we listen to the word, then I said, here I am. I have come. It's written about me in the scroll. This book is not about pastor or evangelist or others. It's about me. It's written about me. You know, it's not a story of somebody else. It's my story. And then he says, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. What happened? What happened? They were in the temple. Doing, you know, they're doing all the, you know, there's a lot of activities. So many priests are there. Sacrifices, burnt offerings, sin offerings. And God says, I don't need all this. The moment the word of God went deep inside, he says, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is with that's what happens when we listen to the word of God. And we listen to the word of God. It's not about me. It's about you, Lord. It's about you. I desire to do your will. My God, your law now is within my heart. Earlier I was only following your law externally. Now it is within my heart. And it's a wonderful psalm. You can keep reading this. You know, you the Psalm 41, it says probably the Lord is waiting to reveal to us and now he listens to God and then what happens? It's a wonderful Psalm, you can read that. Uh, now, once we listen, what happens? Once we listen, that's what we see, the second mark, my sheep, follow me. My sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. You don't have to tell follow Jesus. The moment we listen to the voice of Jesus, we follow. It's not that we follow once. We should continually follow him. And we should, for that, we should continually listen to the voice of Jesus so that we continually keep following Jesus. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, when Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be 
my disciples must deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow me. I want to sum up this entire message uh, by, by going back to the Old Testament and trying to see how best we can do that. As sheep of Jesus, we are all a chosen people. If we are sheep of Jesus, that means we have been chosen by Jesus. And the Bible says you are a chosen people and you are a royal priesthood. Okay, let me. Okay, let's go to Exodus chapter 20, 9, verse 20. It says, slaughter it, take some of its blood and put it on the lobes of the right ears of Aaron and his sons, on the thumbs of their right hands and on the big toes of their right feet. This is the way in the Old Testament the priests were consecrated. Okay, You're, we all are what? Royal? So in the Old Testament, they put three marks on them with blood. So we are royal priesthood. So when we have the blood of Jesus on our ears, we listen to the shepherd's voice. When we have the blood of Jesus on the ears, we listen to the shepherd's voice. When we have the blood of Jesus on our hands, then we become generous, forgiving, and we reach out to others. And when we have the blood of Jesus on our feet, then we walk in the word, we walk in his will, we walk in his way, and we follow the shepherd. You are the royal priesthood. You carry those three marks. You carry those three marks. The blood of Jesus on your ears, the blood of Jesus on your hand, the blood of Jesus on your feet. When we have the blood of Jesus on the ear, because we are the royal priesthood, we have been bought with the blood of Jesus. All of us, the sheep of Jesus, have been bought with the blood of Jesus. And when we have the blood of Jesus on our ears, we listen to the shepherd's voice. When we have the blood of Jesus on our hand, this hand becomes generous. Jesus' hand was never stingy. Never. This hand becomes generous, forgiving, helping others, reaching out to others. When we have the blood of Jesus on our feet, we do His will. We walk in His way. We do His work. We go to places where He wants us to go. That's what's meant by my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 